1: This is ATL Day 1s, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now.
0: Welcome into ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tunitian. Just want to say thank you for making ATL Day 1s your First listener today, and we really appreciate you and want to let you know that we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. I really appreciate that uh, in advance. Now, we got some good stuff going on for the show today. I'm going to start off with what type of adjustments Nate McMillan will make as they go up against the Detroit Pistons tonight. And in our deep dive segment, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons, what does Marcus Mariota have to do in order for them to get the dub? And last but not least, and for the culture, Dusty Baker is talking about something that probably can't get fixed. We'll discuss in that in for the culture. But first, we got to start off with the Atlanta Hawks team. The Hawks were able to get a, an ugly win, as we deemed on this show. And they are facing off against the Detroit Pistons tonight at seven o'clock weird time at weird tip time i always figured it's a weird tip time but i think one of the things that i'm going to be looking for is whether or not what type of adjustment he's going to make and can we see another life-changing best game in his career from john collins because i was looking at some defensive numbers john collins is is it's a conversations with a lot of yeah. good defenders or great defenders in the NBA yeah. right now too. Mm-hmm.
1: this is the kind of season start that if he continues this on into January February we'll be talking about at a, at a minimum an all-star reserve and, yes, and I, I don't use those terms lightly but like you said when you look at the numbers of the, the in every especially in every defensive area he's right. really right there at the top of the list so yeah I just want to see more of what John Collins brought to the table, especially in key moments. To me, that was the most important thing that he did not disappear. Because right. we know that there have been times in the last couple of years where at critical moments M-O. we're looking, for, yeah, we were looking for JC. What's like, we're, yo, yeah, somebody, yeah. Anybody? Hey, Anybody. here you go. So, but this time. And and even like having the mental reset. So I wanted to talk about that real quick too. Having the ability to mentally reset so quickly. So yeah, yeah you miss a shot at, the, at this end of the court, but you sprint down and make sure that that turnover, if you will, does not turn into critical points. And that was a, at a moment where the Hawks were just a couple of points up. So definitely yeah. agree with you with him. Also, I would like to see just a little bit more, and, and I know it was a slow burn and that's kind of how the Hawks are doing it slow burn defensive intensity picks up throughout the game. But I really want to see whether that's DeJounte Murray or whether that's a combination of, of um, like Aaron Holiday coming off the bench, whatever the case may be, get on Kate Cunningham early and affect his shot early yeah. and often. Great that he only had four points in the fourth quarter. But the other three three quarters, or I say the other two and a half, because Dejounte got him in that the backside of that third quarter as well. But mm-hmm. let's see if that that happen. And the third thing is just with Boyan Bo, Bogdanovic. Oh, Boyan, yeah. whatever. I, name I, is. I always want to say Bogdan because that's our guy. Exactly. But Bogdanovic on the Pistons side. You know, when I looked at some replays, DeAndre Hunter was right there with him on a yeah. lot of those shots. Some of the some of the time, you you have good defense, but somebody has better offense. The end. So I think it's one of those things where if DeAndre Hunter can just time it a little bit better, Jarvis, maybe just get in his place. Or I saw a couple times where they went into zone defense and it seemed to work a bit better. Those are like the slight adjustments, I think, only to say that'll help us to not have to stress out into the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, and I think that when you think about the, the defensive start, right? You want them to. I want to see them get off to a really good defensive start because Trey was on fire yeah. to start the game, and, and DeAndre Hunter was on fire. And then I, I think that you know one of the things though that I, I would like to see is also not only the defensive start, but I want to be. I want to see Nate giving more of a feel four subs because it seems like he just does like the whole hockey line change like the whole like take everybody out except for Trey or DeJounte I'm just like I I don't know if I necessarily agree with that wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. but I mean I know he's trying to get a feel for the rotation but but because I think that the guy that another guy that's gonna probably end up being a scorer Uh, in that second unit is probably Aaron Holiday. I like his shot when he has he gets lined up and 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 has a nice look at that basket from Mm -hmm. behind the arc he's gonna hit that bad boy so I I I like what I see I'm seeing from him Mm -hmm. so hopefully uh Nate's uh comfortability with those certain guys he kind of gets a feel for it because I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have taken uh Andre Hunter out early on because he was Mm -hmm. just doing just doing too much work um offensively and when you got a guy like that who needs that that confidence to start the games Mm -hmm. especially offensively getting himself uh situated i think you got to let him kind of ride that bad boy out a little bit so Mm -hmm. it's gonna be something that we're gonna definitely keep an eye on as the hawks get ready to take on the pistons for the second time hopefully they can go and get this dub we you know and and another team though t Let's talk talk about the Georgia Bulldogs because I think that when you're talking about getting the dub, I think the Mm -hmm. expectation, right, is for them to get a win against the Florida Gators. I don't think that's what we're talking about, whether or not they're going to win this game. I think that for Georgia, in order to evolve as the season goes along, Mm -hmm. as they ramp up for the SEC championship, as they ramp up for Tennessee, in, in, in kentucky you knows like in those likes of their their schedule where it's gonna get a little bit difficult right. um, a little bit more difficult as they as the season goes along mm-hmm. I, I think that they have to get off to a good start yeah and they, they can't afford to stessa bennett coming out here uh overthrowing people turn the ball right. over or you know. you know having the running backs in there that aren't getting yards and they want to stick with them just because they've been around longer i, I think that kirby smart and, talk, and Munkin need to get to a point where put the guys in there that have shown this year that they've been productive. And I think when you start mixing in those guys and starting to trying to stay with a certain type of rotation as mm-hmm. the season goes along, that's when you start to get yourself in a situation where guys aren't big are out on the field and they're not supposed to be.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think on two sides of the, the table, because this is a game where I think he wants to see some maturity, meaning. Yeah. He said in his press conference that for them, they're not looking at Tennessee. They're not looking at Florida. They're just looking at themselves. He wants them to beat themselves. He wants Mm -hmm. them to, and when I say that, meaning beat the guy who did whatever he did last week. So what? And that, to me, is in all units. But what I really want to see, to your point, is, well, if that's the case, and we're kind of seeing this as a tune-up and getting some tweaks right, let's see what we can get out of this running game. I think RBU is back. I right. just think that we need to see a little bit more of DeWan Edwards and Branson Robinson get them churning, you know, and and let, let's see that game, let's see that run game really lead to a bit more of a pass attack and right. kind of wear that defense out for Florida. And then the second thing is as you wait for guys to come back on defense and you don't know if you're gonna have Jalen Carter or not next week. Yeah. So you need to see this week what a Jalen Carterless defense looks like so that you can prepare appropriately and accordingly so i look at it as just a tune-up where they this is where that you tweak it all so that when they come between the hedges next week the balls, you're ready for them
0: yeah and that's the thing that you want to be able to do is because they haven't rushed the passer as as well as they did they got off to a super slow start in in that department so Mm -hmm. if you can get Florida off the ground because and force Anthony Richardson to throw the football, that's going to be a really good situation. And like Mm -hmm. you said, it's going to be a nice tune up to what they have coming up next week. Speaking of uh, a a tune up, I think that it was good. I was very happy to, 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 to see a postseason award make sense because you know, the, the Atlanta Braves have five, Silver Slugger finalists: Matt Olson, Danby Swanson, Austin Riley, Michael Harris, mm-hmm. and Travis Darnot. Yes, Austin Riley won it last year, so mm-hmm. I, I, I was I was loving when I was seeing Michael Harris's name in there because we already know how we how we felt about him not being a finalist for the Gold Glove. It was it was good to see his name on that list.
1: It sure was, and it's one of those things where we know from an awards perspective, it's going to be back and forth. Right. Sporting News chose Spencer Strider, and that was uh, understandable. He right. had 47% of the vote for Rookie of the Year. Michael Harris II had 41% of the vote. And I expect that when we get some more accolades going, it'll be MH2 one award, Strider the other. But those things speak to, like you said, why he should have been a Gold Club finalist. So to see him get those accolades in right. particular, he was probably <laughs> the guy I was looking at most like, mm, well, look who made the list this time. Because truly the... the you can't take anything away from Olsen. You can't take any anything away from Dansby. Like you said, Austin won it last year and was still great this year. And you can't take anything away from Travis. But for me, the attention was on Michael Harris II getting his, at least his nod as a finalist.
0: No doubt about it. And if you want to get a nod on about how to win some money, you need to go to betonline.net. We were just talking about Kentucky and Tennessee, and I was looking at, went to betonline.net and found out the fact that, hey, Tennessee is favored by a whole touchdown, and the over-under is 32. Whew, I don't know what to do with that one because, <laughs> because Tennessee is a high-scoring offense, but guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to betonline.net because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all mm-hmm. your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. They have, each and they have everything from live in-game betting, scores, mm-hmm. And they also have podcasts. You guys come to us every day, Monday through Friday, on right here on ATL Day Ones to get all your Atlanta sports needs and get mm-hmm. that fixed because you know we know you need it. Why don't you go and get your betting fix, your your gambling fix at betonline.net because they got all the information that you absolutely need. Now, one more thing. I was looking at this over under for Georgia Tech. No, Florida State is favored by 24. So um, they, they might go ahead and cover it. Let me stop playing. They're going to cover that. So, yeah, you might not need to go to bedonline.net for that. But if you are questioning my acumen about this, go to bedonline.net because, or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because Bed Online is where the game
1: starts. Yes. And we found out last night just how much acumen Lamar Jackson and company had, because it was interesting. The Ravens had a plan. They had a plan yes. and they absolutely worked it to perfection. The first half, it was all about getting him in a rhythm throwing. The second half, let's just go back to what we do. We run it and down your throats. And, and we dare you to it stop. Was masterful. It really, really. I mean Craig
0: Roman was like, you know what? Pop all this other job. Right. Try to throw people off. We're gonna do yeah. what we do.
1: Exactly. And <laughs> dare you to stop us. And they could not be stopped. And of course, they get the 27-22 win over the Bucks, and all eyes in Atlanta were on that game because hey, you want to see if Tom Brady and if Tom Brady is going to actually be three and five for the first time in his career, check the box. If the Falcons, you're going to wake up Friday morning and they were going to be in sole possession of first place in the NFC South, check the box. And now 48 hours away from possibly also going a game ahead of the Bucks should they come out victorious against the Panthers. Now, Jarvis, I'm going to tell you, I still feel like the Panthers win against the Bucks was an anomaly. I don't expect to see the same this week. I, I think the Falcons are ready. But admittedly, they have some things that they have to look into on both sides of the ball and kind of deal with. So we've talked about Marcus Mariota. And going back to Tom Brady, by the way, just to make that example, Travis, Tom Brady was releasing the ball. There was one time where he released the ball at 1.2 seconds.
0: Like yeah, He was getting, yeah. he was getting the
1: rid of Yeah, exactly. The release was crazy, <laughs> right? And that I, made me think about I, Marcus Mariota because yeah. I thought to myself – The only way he's going to chin check or, you know, kind of keep Shaq Thompson in check or one of the ways is and company release the ball. Like you've got to release the ball, um, whether that's first, second, third read check down or throwing it away or Jarvis pulling it down and just running with it. But he's got to make some quicker decisions in order for him to be the Marcus Mariota we saw from NFC player of the week versus the Marcus Mariota we saw of. Wow. Okay, this is the guy under center. This is QB one. Okay, so how do we see that guy? How do we see the player of the week return Sunday?
0: Not only does he need to make quicker decisions, T. I think that he needs to make quick, sound decisions because yeah. just going through, going back through the tape like from last week against the Bengals, there were some things that kind of popped up, and I'm just like, oh, yes, oh yeah,
1: yeah right. you could that's what have done I meant that a little bit better. Said, like you know? those are
0: some of the because there was. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the touchdown, the none touchdown to Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the goal line. It was it was almost as if Kyle Pitts expected him to throw the ball behind him, because mm-hmm. if you look at the angle with it, the way the DB took, he mm-hmm. came around or this type of situation that came down. So essentially, um, Marcus Mariota, the way he threw the football to Kyle, mm-hmm. he li- literally led Kyle back into the, the to the DB right and now. Now, granted, Kyle Pitts has had some fault there as well because he turned around that way. So mm-hmm. he was expecting to go ahead and get the ball right then and there. But there could have been a situation where, hey, if he would have kept running this route and, and, and um, uh, Marcus Mariota threw the football to him where he was supposed to mm-hmm. and in front mm-hmm. of him, and it could have been a, a race to the to the corner of the end zone. So I think that there are just uh, little things, little tweaks here and there that, that can be made and they can – I think this offense, this passing offense can make some plays. It's just Marcus Mariota has – and it starts with him. It starts with him. Now, you know, I can't – I'm yes, I gave some fault to Kyle Pitts, but it starts Mm -hmm. with Marcus Mariota and Mm -hmm. making sure that he's not only making the read in in a timely manner, but being sound with it. Like, hey, I know that I can put this guy in a good situation to catch the Mm -hmm. football if I throw Mm -hmm. it out in front of him. And so he can go run up underneath it or – if I see the defender right there on right on his inside hip, I'm gonna throw it on his outside. So it's just little, it's just little things, little things, little tweaks I think that Marcus Mariota can make in order for the to the Falcons they can put themselves in a good position to get a win against this team.
1: I think so too. And I think another key component there will be the who wins the battle in the trenches. And one of the good things is this offensive line has been able to be together for seven weeks. That's not something right. we've seen in the last several years. And honestly, we've only really seen one game where we felt like Elijah Wilkinson had an outright bad game. Right. But he and that line are going to have some work to do on who battles and who wins in the trenches. Because when you're talking about dealing with the likes of Derrick Brown, oh, okay, well. So when you think about that, mm-hmm. how the Falcons are going to be able to really kind of dictate the flow of the game, what's the plan? What what do you think Dean Pease has up his sleeve? Oh, uh, sorry, sorry about that. Dave Ragone, excuse me. We'll talk Dean Pease in a minute, but what yeah. do you think Dave Ragone has up his sleeve and Arthur Smith in order to be able to neutralize that Panthers uh, line up front?
0: I think you have to get those guys moving east-west instead of north-south, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't want your D- the defensive lineman playing around the backfield. We know Derrick Brown is very capable of, capable of doing that. Yes. And I think that if the Falcons are able to establish some type of run game, the guy or the name that you're going to hear is, is going to have to be Drew Dahlman. Drew Dahlman is yeah. going to have to be able to sustain his blocks longer because yeah. like I said, just looking at – some, going back and looking at it, to, like mm-hmm. there were some plays where if he just – Gets his butt in between the, the, the running back and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the defender. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a tough six points. It's a 20-yard yeah. game. It was just – and it's just, just, like I said, little tweaks. Mm-hmm. And, like, that could be the difference in between a minus two and a plus 25. and True. Because we already know how the NFL is. This is mm-hmm. a fast game, and these guys are a superior athletes, so they're out there. Making reads as fast as we can. Think about what they're actually doing out there on the field. So I think that you know Drew Dahlman is a guy like I'm charging him this week because he's yeah. the guy that is going to be the big the big you know uh, the catalyst for this run game to to mm-hmm. kind of get back on track because he he's not he's he's he is what he is. Let me say that I, I'm not going to call him a bum because that's mm-hmm. not fair. Uh, but I'm what I am going to call him is a guy that. I know that you can do it because they have had success running the football this year. So, and he's a part of that. He's a part Mm -hmm. of their whole group. So it's not just one guy, we know that everybody has to contribute in their own mm-hmm. way. Now, some more than others, you yeah. know, Chris Lindstrom, he's amazing. Right. He's still amazing, too. He's still yeah. he's still really good. Yeah. So, but well, I think that
1: knows. so he could take on Derek Brown with them. but okay. <laughs> right. But but you know,
0: Carolina, your take. Yeah, we're gonna line you up over here, son, this week. Like you're gonna be on this side over here. So Elijah and Drew, they're going to have to step the game up because Mm -hmm. they're going to go up against that dude. And I think that, you know, in order for this Falcons run game to get where it needs to be, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to have probably one of the better games they've had um, this entire season.
1: Yeah. And that's a great point, because the one time that I saw Leonard Fournette be able to break it north, south was mm-hmm. when the center and the left guard gave him just enough time and just enough of a window to yep. get to the second level and then he was on his way and another time I saw a couple of plays where the few plays where Tom Brady was able to get something off against the Panthers it was the same thing just give right. him one or two extra seconds for them to neutralize Derek Brown and then you know Tom Brady releases the ball and the Bucs are at least able to advance it somewhat right so yeah right. if they can just Bring some help there. And one more thing before we wrap up, uh, just got the word, of course, that it's official AJ trail is out uh, for this Sunday with that hamstring injury. So that's disappointing when you think about not having him and not having Casey Hayward, but on the same token, no offense, PJ Walker, but at the end of the day, this is the kind of offense you want to go up against. When you are depleted yep. in the secondary, because, yeah, special yeah.
0: one from last week. Okay. This this is. this is different. Exactly. And, uh, with all due respect, this is different. This hit a little different. Right.
1: <laughs> it really, really is. And you think about the fact that yes, the Bengals probably took their foot off the gas last week and only scored the seven points in the second half. But the Falcons still had to take the field and still had to play the game and keep them out of the end zone. So right. you got to give them credit for that. But yeah secondary with everything all things considered should still be okay this this
0: week yeah i think they would be fine because when you think about a guy like dean marlowe stepping in for Jalen hawkins yes. you got d offer coming back yeah he's, that he's was like, a he's he he like going on to be a go that's going to be solid yeah. i can name the guys they're going to be those first three dbs they're going to be out there you're talking about isaiah oliver and darren yeah. hall and d offer so yeah. However, they they mix and match it. They, I'm sure Dean P's is going to switch it up because I saw some stuff on tape. I was like, man, this dude got Darren Hall over here, got him back down yep. here. So Dean P's is going to switch it up. He's going to try to confuse mm-hmm. uh, uh, PJ Walker because there was a there was one particular time when uh, Leonard Carter, Leonard Carter, what's he called him? I want to keep calling him Leonard Floyd, Lorenzo Carter, when he got that sack last week. He, you know, there was a it was a double A uh, double A gap show blitz. And the linebackers walked up in the hole like they were going to blitz. And then as soon as the ball snapped, they got up out of there. Mm-hmm. And I saw Grady Jarrett kind of come over to the tackle. He kind of flared out a little bit to the tackle. And the tackle took on his block. And he kind of just kind of held him right there. And all you just saw Lorenzo Carter, <laughs> like a like a, uh, like a a flying bullet, came mm-hmm. in and got in sack Joe Burrow. So I think you're going to see a lot of things like that, a lot of yeah. stunts, uh, line stunts. Uh, A lot of show blitzes, uh, a lot of blitzes, show blitz, blitz, blitz. I think Dean Pease is going to switch it up this week because I think the main thing for him is kind of throw, get PJ Walker off of his spot and make sure that you get him to thinking at the line of scrimmage about what's about to go down. And I think once you do that, that's Mm going to help mask some of the deficiencies that you may have in the secondary with guys filling in.
1: Indeed, indeed. And you're right. When you look at the D-line and you look at the linebackers, as long as they get their assignment and they understand the assignment, you get to P.J. Walker, you don't have to worry about the secondary doing a job because the ball will never get to those receivers anyway if you get to the quarterback in a timely manner. And like you said, the stats may not always show that the Falcons have been getting home, but in terms of QB pressures and actual hits, They've they've been right there. They've been right there. Right. The only thing, like you said, that Dean P's focused on, and he talked about this yesterday was wants better tackling. And yes, they yeah. better be ready for all disguises and be ready to play any position because that's what he's been leading them to from the start of training camp yes. on to now to be prepared to be anywhere. Now, speaking of being prepared, there are probably five games and 10 teams that need to be prepared for a pivotal. Showdown Sunday, and if you want to know more about that, then after you turn tune into Locked On Sports Atlanta, particularly ATL Day ones, then you Mm -hmm. should go to the key predictions because every Friday today on Locked On NFL, they'll give you those key predictions. So we talked about Vikings Cardinals, that's a big game, Saints Raiders, Rams 49ers, Bills Packers, and of course, Browns Bengals because you have so many tight races across the NFL this season. So, hey. If you want to know more about where to bet, what to look for on a Sunday night, and even the Monday night game, again, check out Locked on NFL. You can get it everywhere you get your podcast, right? Odyssey app, you can go to YouTube, or you can just download it. And again, it helps you because they're going to get betting advice from field experts, from our guys over at BetOnline.net. So check them out today so you'll know what to do about those games on Sunday.
0: Yes, and make sure you go do that check them out now t this is for the culture it is the intersection between sports entertainment the culture sometimes whatever we want to talk about Because that's just how we get down on this show today is no different um i got dusty baker who i'm rooting for by the way yeah i'll go ahead and say it out loud um I got a chance to talk to it, him I like yeah it. i mean i got a, i got a root for dusty like why can I not record for Dusty? Because you're going against the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Phillies. I could not stand the Philadelphia Phillies. I just, I just can't don't like do them. It. I just don't. I don't yeah. I can't. Yeah. Agreed. I'm sorry. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't not like them. Um, and I think that, you know, they got a chance to talk to him about because something very significant is gonna mm-hmm. happen tonight when they get when first pitch comes. Because this is gonna be the first time since 1950 that there are not there are no, no U.S.-born black players on either squad, yeah. on the Houston Astros and Philadelphia Phillies. So, um, And they kind of asked him about that. And one of the things that that he, he kind of talked about, it, I feel, and I started to feel him on, he was mm-hmm. like, there were so many black players yes. coming up that he watched when he was a kid. And he started mm-hmm. doing some of the greats like Willie Mays and Hank Aaron. I was like, oh, my God. Right. Dude. Like, right. <laughs> and, and then I started thinking about when I was – when I was a kid and I fell in mm-hmm. love with the game of baseball, I saw Fred McGriff, I saw David Justice, I saw Terry Pendleton, I saw Ryan Gantt. It was mm-hmm. just Deion Sanders, Otis yeah. Nixon, like it's just so many Great. US born yeah. black players on the squad. And he's saying that it it but today and, and referencing you know that particular series as it gets started tonight, he's saying he mm-hmm. said he doesn't want to lose the African American um kids coming up today because yeah a lot we we talked about on this show black kids who are watching the game and if you want to sell the game to black kids they got to see people that look like them out on the field too
1: yes and that is why it is so critical to have a michael harris ii yes you just called it he needs to be and don't get me wrong yes we are biased because he is local right oh no doubt yeah he needs to be one of the faces that mlb presents he really really does so if we if we see that face you can tell little african-american boys like whoa wait a minute that's a that's a you know sport that i can play or that's something that i should take on because let's face it nfl that's exciting playing football you know that's smash yeah. that's exciting. Right. And exactly then the nba that's yeah. swag that's swag like you know yeah. that's the culture your, yeah f- not, your face is
0: not covered your face isn't covered everybody sees you when you're on the court yeah, yeah it's, it's a exactly. lot of a lot of right. stuff that goes with playing a basketball. Of, mm-hmm. A lot of
1: extraness. So that's Irishness, the kind of thing yes. where, yeah, I'm just I'll a extra. of so, Yeah. <laughs> but MLB is just so, like, stayed, and sometimes, you know, they get into, like, the whole – and I know he's not African-American, but the whole controversy – a few years ago about Ronald Acuna Jr. and his hat to the back and the chains and all this other Ooh. other stuff and always focusing on numbers. Are you talking
0: about Joe Simpson? Oh my uh-huh, bad.
1: Right. right. And uh-huh. unfortunately he was, but let's keep it real. He yeah. was just speaking for what a lot of the traditionalists were really wanted to say and, and just were too coward, cowardly to say it. So yeah. I think if you take a guy like Michael Harris, still clean cut, but still with a whole lot of ATL swag, that's yeah. the kind of guy that can put you your that can really put you back on the map. Because remember, MLB used to go around just like the NBA, just like the NFL, go into communities and really start to clean up like the baseball fields and the and right. the parks. And that's the kind of thing you're gonna need to do to get back in the communities and let them know that this sport is not just for you know white males from America or um it's black. Everybody. Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. like it should be a game, but if they want it, Jarvis. Then they're going to have to go after guys like MH two, and he needs to be the face of MLB starting now.
0: And vote for him to be NL Rookie of the Year, right. God, and dog. then he
1: can be the face. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. it's an easy sale. Sorry, yeah, but yeah, I, I think that Dusty made some good points, and I and I applaud him tremendously for. Anytime he gets a chance to speak on it, he's going to speak on it, and I appreciate him greatly for that because, like I said. I grew up watching baseball. Baseball was my first sport. It was my first love. So um, I'm with them. Like, let's keep promoting this bad boy because I want to see the young brothers get out there and get on the baseball field too. You got all the talent in the world.
1: And Jarvis, the other thing there is this before we wrap up because I know we got to get out of here, but that's what you love about the Braves because one thing about the Braves is they have a lot of diversity initiatives, right? So even my university has been, Xavier University of Louisiana has come into, rest his
0: soul mr uh hank aaron yeah <laughs> that, 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 that's the reason why that's one of them <laughs> hey, I was yes. just said, yep boom mm-hmm. you just said yep.
1: it. he really drove that and then the organization received it right yes. and yeah. then the community received it and they still to this day like you said god rest his his soul but once again for his his legendary uh philanthropic efforts his his legendary community work is just still thriving because my university and several others have been here for those hbcu classics and i cannot tell you how much that has meant to our program we have been able to develop our players much better we've been in the championship hunt the last couple of years so mlb if you want a template and a blueprint michael harris ii and what hank aaron was able to do we got a blueprint for you right here in atlanta so listen guys we got to get out of here but when we come back Next week, hopefully, we are talking about the Hawks showing the blueprint of how they could finally get over the hump with those pesky pistons. <laughs> and of course, they're going to continue their road trips, So we'll talk about that. We are going to hopefully, you know what, Jarvis, we're going to claim it. We're going to talk about a dove. We're going to talk about the Falcons being a game ahead of the Bucks when we get back let's right. place in NC
0: South. Oof. Yeah,
1: we're just going to call it. Mm, Jarvis yeah. has got you guys covered on Sunday, so make sure you check him out with keys to the game and then post-game with our guy Aaron Freeman, and then he and I are going to download on Falcons Monday. And, hey, listen, if there's any more no- news about confirmation on Joseph Martinez parting ways, we're going to give some reaction to that. And anything else that's going on in this city, you know we got you. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week. And
0: just before we go, I got to say thank you guys for making ATL Day 1 your
1: first listen
0: of the day. Make your next listen. Locked On Sports Today, they got all the big dogs on on Locked On Sports Today. They got everything you absolutely need, including your take of the day. And last but not Mm -hmm. least, you make sure you can find them on where you listen to or however you listen to us. You can find them on there as well and Mm -hmm. along with the Odyssey app. Now, T, we got to do it as I always do. Y'all make sure y'all come back now, you hear?
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.